You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies that actors were. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and this episode is hosted by Ryan. We are excited to present to you the new Apple show called Curses, which just premiered this Friday, October 27th. It's a thrilling series for kids and families produced by John Krasinski, and it should be on your radar during Halloween season. In Curses, when a generation's long family curse Alex Vanderhoeven to stone, it's up to his two kids, Pandora and Russ, and his wife Skye, to return artifacts stolen by their ancestors to their rightful homes to finally lift the curse for good. In this interview, we feature executive producers Jim Cooper and Jeff Dixon to talk about the new series that is just perfect for the kids during the Halloween season. And you can catch that on Apple TV+. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast featuring executive producers Jim Cooper and Jeff Dixon of the new Apple TV Plus series, Curses. All right, Jeff, Jim, thank you guys so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Um, so I'm kind of thinking like, you know, hypothetically, if I wanted a restricted wing in my house in the basement, could you guys hook it up? Like, do you have the context to give it, to give me the cook up? <laughs> if you want it animated, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm a little nervous now because I don't have that much, you know, I don't know if I had that adventurous side to go track them down if they get out. But I was just kind of hypothetically wondering if you guys could hook me up. Well, I feel like there's an, a version of this using Funko dolls as the artifacts because there's there's so many of them. I think we could work on this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You guys won't be able to see it. But yeah, I got a lot of Funko, so I could handle that. So if I could put that at a secret location, it'd be good. But yeah, you guys, this is so fun. It is like I felt like a big kid watching this adventure go down um but usually right usually they tell you okay stay away from curses we don't want to talk about it some people don't want to read the stories what may you guys say okay let's go in let's dive deep into this jim i guess i'll start with you maybe you courageous enough to open this world up well okay weirdly enough it's a it's, it's a strange origin story i'll try to make it brief so <laughs> jeff and i actually were not always a writing partner team we literally met at our kids elementary school like they were going to school together. We dropped the kids off and walk home and just start talking afterwards and just kind of comparing life of writer notes. And Jeff is mostly in the horror realm. And I've mostly been in family and animation. And we were, we always think it'd be great to like combine. Let's do like a horror family thing that we could watch with our kids. And we'd like, when we were talking about ideas, um, I started talking about what my family considers my family curse. Like, my dad's generation all died relatively young. 
and we were like whether they were born or married in the family and it was always a joke ah oh, the family's cursed and then one day my cousin was looking through my grandpa's photo album and found this photo which that is my grandfather holding a human skull literally oh, no context wow. other than yeah he was he was born in the territory of arizona so we're pretty sure it's like the real deal and so jeff and i just started talking about that what would you do if you found out your family was cursed because of something your ancestors like did or took and it kind of went from there so i mean if you think about that it kind of weirdly enough makes sense that the show ended up it was yeah yeah um jim did you have anything you wanted to add to that for our, for our jump into a little yeah. horror for you no, I mean he 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 always tackles the uh, origin story of this pretty pretty well. So I'm. Oh, by the way, Zoom looking at the wrong names definitely meant Jeff. So sorry about that. <laughs> sorry about that, Jim. He's giving us a story there. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? The J and J music. Uh, oh yeah, J and J, little J and J, yeah, little J and J band going on here. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so I know, um, Jeff, I want to talk to you a little bit about the horror side of it, because I know you're a big horror fan. What, where were you basing this off? Because it kind of reminded me, just looking at it, just animation-wise, kind of felt like a Scooby-Doo mixed with, like, Night at the Museum or something like that going on here. But I was curious, like, in the horror realm, what did you, where were you kind of drawing your inspiration off of? Well, <laughs> if you asked uh, our writer's room and a lot of people, there's there's a lot of deep dive. Right? I, I mean, I, I literally gave everybody like a, a must watch viewing list of really. And, and I mean, from some of your obvious ones to mm -hmm. some very arbitrary ones. So for me, it's kind of it's an amalgamation of a lot of different things. I mean, the funny thing is visually. um we always really liked that we got to lean into the the EC Comics look of it all. You know, Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror, you know, the, the it, it just immediately puts you in that kind of atmosphere of like spooky verse. So visually, we always liked that. But, you know, there's a lot of other kind of uh, uh, inspirations as far as horror goes that. The funny thing is, is we never tried to do any one specific thing. We We always tried to just take a lot from a lot, um, you know, a lot of personal stories, a lot of stuff. But as far as like specific horror, uh, I mean, sprinkled throughout the series, we have quite a bit of homages, um, some of which are kind of Easter eggs where it's like, oh, I see it. And some of which are like even filming styles that it's like, oh, that's a Sam Raimi shot or that's a Kubrick shot, you know. So there is a lot of horror inspiration from top to bottom that came from a lot of different places. <laughs> yeah, it explains like when you're watching it, you really don't know where you're looking. You know, it's cool, but you just feel like it's so familiar. You're like, oh, maybe I've seen that over here or this story feels really cool. So that explains like why you feel like it's such a mesh and the, like really the whole family can watch it because it's like so many different genres you can pull from. Well, that's what we always said is from the very beginning, we always said, you know what? We're not making a show for kids. We're making a show for everyone that's accessible to kids. Yeah. And so it's like that. We always had that from the very beginning of that mentality that we wanted it to be for for pretty much everyone. And and obviously with Coop and I, with our two different kind of careers, you know, I mostly have been horror. He's mostly in family animation. We keep each other in balance. So it's like if I want to push the horror more, which I always try he'll be like dude that's too far and he'll put me back and he'll try to put in maybe a lot of jokes or something we had a we had a no zany rule so maybe if a zany joke fell it's like dude that pull that back so we kind of 
safeguard each other and end up in that mashup amalgamation of the two of us. Yeah, um, you know what? what's really cool that I think, and I'm wondering, this is a, a amalgamation of you guys' minds working here. Larry and um, Jim, I saw you hold up that picture that really made it spark off for me, which I was curious <laughs> if that's where it came from. We're a of we, we, I mean, we generally, when we had the idea where we're, we're, for like Stanley and Larry, it was like, there was literally a need to have some characters who knew stuff about like the restricted wing and the artifacts because Alex was stone. So there was no one else to get that information. And we were like, well, logically, it would be interesting if they were artifacts. And then truth be told with the skull, I think Jeff and I were just like, ha ha ha, let's pitch a skull. <laughs> No way they're going to let that through. Yeah. No way. And it went through. And we were just kind of like, you know how like the whole time you're kind of, there were like a, like a couple little like, that might be a little far. Okay, we'll take that off. That's fine. And you're like, okay. I mean, it sounds weird. The fact that the, the skull in the picture is weirdly coincidental. It's like only after the fact, you're like, huh, yeah, I guess uh, there is that. I, I will say too, a lot of our show works on balance and the Stanley and Larry characters were there to balance the horrors. So it's like if, you know, we always talk about like a roller coaster and you don't want a roller coaster that's just all downhills because if it was all downhills, it would just be horrible. You need those moments right. of rest, the slow suspenseful uphill. So the downhills pay off. Stanley and Larry kind of work as our kind of respite a little bit. They're a little bit of our, okay, take your deep breath. They'll explain things, you know, and stuff like that. And then we can balance the horrors against them. Yeah, I was going to say like, you know, it's Larry is missing a few limbs, but I just like the way he thinks. And you don't think about, like you said, it's just the way he moves through. And you're like, okay, I can relate, even though it's a skull and it can get a little pushy there at times. It's like, now this is pretty cool. And, you know, I won't give away what he was doing, but he's literally rolling with the light. And it this shot is just amazing. And I was just like, can you just do that again? Like, it was just pulling me in. I was like, I just want to see it again. Did you recognize, feel anything familiar about that shot? Speaking you're of talking, homages. Speaking of homages. Ooh, that's a I'm on very... the spot. I'm on the spot now. I, didn't, I don't know if I felt it. I, get, I kept wanting to watch the scene and I didn't feel it. Oh, my gosh. What am I missing, Jeff? So uh, uh, I'll just I'll just say this one, even though we don't like to say things. But the but uh, that specific shot where the Larry is going through the hallways. Yeah. And. The sound, especially where it goes from carpet to wood, carpet to wood, is exactly uh, an homage to Danny on his tricycle in The Shining as he's going down the hallways, going over the carpet, the wood, the carpet, the wood. So that that's that's an example of an homage that is not a blatant homage that we don't people won't get that right off the bat, but they'll feel familiar. They're like, I I know that from somewhere. Yeah, well, I want to give the fans a chance to get that because I'm a big old scaredy cat. So that explains why I probably didn't know it. But yeah, this kind of this is this is right up my lane because, like you said, the lines are blurred so much where you can get away with certain things. It's fun, it's entertaining. You want to know where the mystery goes. And speaking of which, the characters are really cool. Like, I don't know if my mom would have been down chasing artifacts with me, but it looks really cool. Where did that idea come from? Well, first off, have you ever asked her? Which, right there you go but, i shouldn't even say that because i haven't even asked her you're right you're right you know because like i always think it's fascinating because parents do actually you know they were young ones and they had a history and, yeah. and I, that is always like fascinating um i don't know the, the funny thing is we never it was almost after the fact this was once again we realized oh it is somewhat unusual to have sky going with them it just seemed natural to us 
Yeah, we we just by nature, like the core of everything, whether it was horror or comedy or everything, the core of everything was family for us from the very beginning. Like that was always going to be the centerpiece. And just because we're both very like family people, it's just very important to us. It's a, it's the core of everything in the show. And to us, it was like, well, yeah, they go on these adventures as a family. It was like to us, it was natural. It wasn't until later that we found how unique it was to have a parent go on the kids with adventures in an animated uh, kids show, because most of the time the kids are doing it themselves. They find a way to get the parents out of the picture. And so um, to us, it was just natural. It wasn't until later that we found out how kind of unique it was. So we, we, it really, it just comes down to our love of family. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was so, it's so cool. Like you say, usually it's like the parent, they're trying to hide from the parents or maybe one parent goes off and think they can do it. And then something else happens and the kids have to get pulled in. So it's kind of cool to be able to see Scott have to rely, you know, on the kids like, oh, well, they have these skills too. They're always going around the house and playing hide and seek. They can help me out too with how to find these, these different worlds. Um, Was there anything, were there any kind of curses or any kind of stories that you guys were like, oh, I wanted to get in, but I just don't have enough episodes or we don't have enough time to work that out. Uh, we had so many ideas. We have so a, many ideas. We have literally a document that every time we would come up with either an idea or an artifact or something, we're like, put it on the list, put it on the list. And it's well over like 150 or something like I mean, it is ridiculous how long. So so the 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 long, I guess, answer is we have a ton of ideas and artifacts that we didn't get to. We we wish we could do a hundred seasons of this. Well, and it's funny too, because we have so much backstory stuff in our heads about the different characters yeah that you know, you're like going okay yeah that's a whole thing we can't we can't get into it yet and it, then but the other one of the really interesting things about writing a season is you might start with certain ideas at the beginning of the season and then the characters do certain things that you're like well that's flipping awesome and you yeah. go down that direction that might have been different what you in, intended but then somehow you end up there or you bring back certain ideas like it's been interesting to see the life of different ideas. You think certain yeah. things are dead and then they pop up in another form and you're like, oh, okay, interesting. I want to end with this, you guys, because we talked about these different themes, all right? So we have this family, this new way of ham- family looking at horror, I feel that you guys have created. You know, we got the, just the overall theme of just family. There's also, I feel like this theme about uh, adventurer or, you know, discovering new things and not disturbing the place they came from, right? Like if you're going to go out and, and make a discovery, try not to leave the area you just came from worst, you know, with that discovery, with that invention you found. Um, what kind of, why was that important for you guys to kind of work that sort of messaging into the episodes? We always knew from the get-go we wanted to do something kind of global because we are just in very much a global world right now. And in the idea of being very authentic to every single culture and everything was always super important to us. So that was always something that was always there. And so we joked about the at the beginning that our show is Indiana Jones in reverse, that it was like instead of going out and getting the stuff, we had the stuff and we had to go put it back. And one of the jokes we always had was, okay, what if you go to put something back and all the booby traps have already been set off? Like they left a mess, you know? So there was a, a thing about trying to, trying to essentially, I am an outdoors guy, so I'll connect it this way. The the whole idea of outdoors is leave it cleaner the when you got there, like the leave no trace type of thing. And it's just, I think, kind of a really important thought process in our heads. 
and and one of the things that we kind of were always working on too is like the concept of empathy like the family figures out how to end the curses by not like conquering the things but they're they're not really a lot of bad guys in the things like right boonhead you're freaked out about but then you realize once you start to have empathy for it, oh it just wants to go home yeah. you know the curses are usually solved by trying to figure out what, what the root of the problem and I mean, kind of a lot of that comes with empathy, where you view things differently. Well, I am so excited for you guys. I hope there are 100 seasons to come of Curses. I hope it keeps going because I'm so excited to see these characters continuing on these adventures. You learn something. It's for the entire family. So I hope everybody's ready to go check it out. And it's right in time for Halloween. So, I mean, it can't get any better than that. Um, Jeff, Jim, thank you guys so much. I appreciate the time. Thank, thank you. you so much. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.